have to let the stand up. Amen? Praise God. Well, you know, I would much rather be relaxing and hearing our pastor preach. Amen? And uh, I don't know if we have any first-time visitors or anybody here who hasn't heard pastor preach, but I'm telling you, if you're visiting, please come back when our pastors, Pastor Peter and Pastor Phyllis Dosek are here, and you need to be touched by what they have to say. Amen? Praise God. Well, I'm going to get right into the scriptures tonight and right into the sermon uh, that I believe the Lord has put in my heart for all of us. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Wow. This is kind of interesting. I have a brand new Bible tonight. And uh, I still have my other one that I'm more familiar with. But I got a brand new Bible and I got the same Bible as what I've always had the last time, but I'm just breaking it in. And I've kept that other Bible because it's a treasure to me. But here's what we want to do. My message tonight is God is a rewarder. Say that, God is a rewarder. So we're going to get started, but I got to touch just a couple scriptures. Then we'll hit this main scripture and it will be a blessing to us all tonight. So I think that I have to go right over here into 1 Thessalonians. And I just want to give you a scripture tonight. It's a simple one. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it says in verse 20, despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Christians shouldn't be drinking. Oh, come on. Listen, we have a responsibility to be an example to people. Listen, a beer may not send you to hell, but it could break patterns in your life that cause you to go off the cliff and end up somewhere you don't belong. And I tell you what, I'd never drink an alcoholic beverage because if someone saw me and they thought I approved of that and they grabbed a hold of it and yeah, plus Nicole and Pastor and everybody around here would choke the life out of me. But also, oh, Regina would kill me, first of all. Hallelujah. But seriously, if I were to partake in something that was not needful and I caused one person to fall into alcoholism or some kind of tragedy of worse than that, how shameful. So the Bible says of us that are Christians that this is what we should do. Abstain from all appearance of evil. We shouldn't even be speaking profanity. We should never have nastiness on our TVs or our phones or have any unethical stuff around us. And the very God of peace shall sanctify you wholly. That means, oh, well, let me finish it first. Shall sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also shall do it. See, here's what we got with Christians today. We got a problem with us getting confused as to who really does what. Jesus even said, I can of my own self do nothing. But what I do and say, I hear from the Father. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Put your grace and rest in the authority of the blood, the power of the Holy Ghost, and the word of God and the dear Son that has set you free. 
Now listen here. Sanctify you holy. That means, if we studied out, to be set apart, set aside, and empowered to do only which the one who designed you would have you to do. Mm. Amen. Let that just sit in you for a minute. And then we're going to go to this other scripture. Set apart, sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. You know, we have some confusion going on because people preach false doctrine all the time. Well, the sin's in my flesh. No, no, no. He said, I sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. That means that it should be your easy, reasonable service to get your flesh in unit with your soul and your spirit. And we shouldn't have sin-filled Christians. In fact, Paul said, Amen. how can this once be named amongst you? Amen. See, we need to get ourselves in line with the word of God and with the true power of the blood. If we would do not get ourselves together, people, then what we're doing is we're trotting under the blood of Christ and we're devaluing the sacrifice that was paid for your life. Now, it says right here in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered ooh, unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated, wow, that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow, we have a right. We have a mandate. We have a responsibility to please God. And here's how we do it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to know that God is a rewarder. But unconditional love brings with it absolute requirements. See, unconditional love doesn't mean you get it your way and you can just do what you want, how you want to, and take no accountability. No, no, no. Unconditional love is a sacrifice of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and giving everything for you. So therefore, you must give everything for God. No, Jesus was not 92% man. He was 100% man, but he was 100% God. If you're going to be made in his image, you don't get the opportunity to take time off, be who you want, be fleshy, be carnal, show out when you want to. You know, there's a religion out there that I used to be a part of, and they used to say, well, you know, I was at work, and I had to lay my religion down. No, you don't ever have an opportunity to lay your relationship with Christ down and be who you want to. You don't get to sin. You don't get to be angry. You don't get to blow up. You don't get to cuss. You don't get to fuss. You don't get to do those things because you have been sanctified and set apart and he is a rewarder. Now the Bible says, who is he a rewarder to? Those that give a half-hearted effort? No, the Bible says that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. And what I want you to know is that means carefully with care. Those that study. 
those that do it with speed or sense of urgency, those that have a great awareness of responsibility, earnestly determined, persevering with their 100% plus effort of doing their absolute best, never letting their hair down, never just taking a day off and relaxing because I want to. Not a bunch of attitudes sticking around trying to touch the anointing. No, you must be great in strength and effort and you must faithfully, consistently pursue him. And why would you not? He's been nothing but faithful. Remember in Thessalonians it says he is faithful that will do it. Man, we have a faithful Kentonite here tonight by the name of Chad Smith. And just out of a question, he looked something up for me. I said, about scientifically, what do they say the number of years we have? Well, in like a day or a few hours, he came back and said, based on a 24-hour day, because <laughs> you know, a day is a thousand years to our God. But based upon a 24-hour day, and this is already dated material because it was a couple weeks ago when he gave it to me, it says that the Lord has been faithful for 5,915 years. And if we think about this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. That means that the Lord himself has given us over 2 million 158 and 975 days of absolute sunrise. Man, that's a faithful God. And what you should all be so excited about under the sound of my voice is that if God gave over 2 million days of faithfulness already and you are here, you should be excited about the generation you're a part of because God said, I'm going to be faithful to the first and the last generation. And what I want you to understand is that God faithfully waited over 2 million sunrises just to let you live, breathe, and have your being. Oh, give him some hand claps of praise up in the house. God said, Pastor Daniel Burroughs, that it ain't over till you have a day in him. Woo! I won't tell my favorite story about you, Pastor Daniel. But I will tell you this, that God has looked at every one of you. And he said, though I've been faithful for over 5,000 years, and two million sunrises, there are still things that I want you to do and I will be faithful to you until the return of my son and then I'll be more faithful. Mm -hmm -hmm. I want us to understand something. That God is diligent towards you. Are you diligent towards him? I better just dance right now. This is what David would do when he felt the bear, the pressure of the bear. I'm feeling a little pressure right now. I just ask you, do you have the same diligence and faithfulness towards God that he has given to you? Do you get up every day and start your day full of faith? This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Or are you all upset because you didn't get your way last night or yesterday was a little rough. So you get up today with a bunch of attitude. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. See, each day should be fresh. And each day you should just say, oh, God, we didn't get it all done yesterday. But today I'm going right back in the fight. Praise God. Woo! 
he might uphold the day for you like he did for Joshua. And guess what? Joshua and them really whipped them boys when God upheld the day. Because they weren't used to a God day like that. They were tired and wore out after 24 hours. But the Bible says that God refreshed those that was his. And they came upon their enemy with such a strength. It was an unfair battle. Amen. Their enemies were saying, I'm tired. I've been up all night. Joshua saying, boy, I've, I've been refreshed by the spirit of the Lord. I'm ready to get down. Right. <laughs> now listen to me. I'm just opening some things up for you tonight. The Lord is on your side. It is impossible for you to fail. But you have, according to Hebrews chapter 11, you absolutely have to use your faith and please him and know this, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, you have to not only know who God is, but you must know who you are. None of that. Oh, I'm just so unworthy. You know where liars go. Once the blood has come, once God has refreshed you, redeemed you, you are a brand new creature. You are precious, not just in his sight, but you are precious in the sight of the angels. They say that they rejoice at your salvation. And they come in awe of man and say, look what God has created. Who are they? I'll tell you what they are. They are the redeemed and they should be saying so. They are the head and not the tail. They are above only and not beneath. They are filled with the goodness of God. You should be diligent pursuing him because he has paid a great price of the blood to set you free and to allow you to become a delightsome land. See, Nicole did a great job. Didn't even know what I was preaching, but Pastor Nicole or Nicole worship leader or whatever your role is. <laughs> you are set aside for his purpose. But did you hear what you said? Now listen. We must choose to use our faith every day. Oh, come on. Don't be like the guy at the pool of Bethesda. The Lord came to him and said, hey, man, why are you still sitting here, basically? He said, well, the angel comes. In other words, God's letting me down because he don't bring the water close enough. And man gets in front of me. See, he had every offense. He had every reason why. Woe is me. Woe is me. And Jesus said, no, brother, I am right here. Are you going to get up or not? And every one of us, I respect the fact that some of us have been abused. I respect the fact that some of us have been molested. I respect the fact that some of us has been mistreated, talked about, lied upon. Listen, I've been called every name in the book, but a little life, nice man. But guess what? If I can rise up, guess what you can do? Come on. The Lord said, whosoever. That sounds like such a word that you could take negative or positive but you know why the Lord says whosoever because every one of us have the potential to live a 30 60 or 100 fold experience Dave I don't want to go to heaven and only give the Lord 30 percent I don't want to go heaven giving him 60 because there was our example that was a hundred fold a hundred percent man, 
but 100% God. And if Christ paid the price that we could be made in our Father's own image, listen here, Brother Dave, you have a right to be 100% man wrapped in 100% God, and you're a new creature that nobody can stop. Well, I thought you guys would be shouting a little bit more. But you'll shout later when this gets to you. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 24.10, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. That means, people, that the Bible also says things like this. Put on the full armor of God. Joshua chapter 1 was said, hey, listen, you've got to be strong and only courageous. The Lord says, endure hardness like a good soldier. Why did God tell you those things? Because there's adversity. There's a battle. It's not a choice if whether you can skip around it. Listen, too many people get saved and they want to sit down and do nothing and they think they can coast down the lazy river. No, when you got saved, it is your guarantee that a battle's on. Faith does not make everything easy, but it makes everything possible if you're strong enough to go for the kingdom. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent must stand up and take it by force. Now, you don't stand up and go do things the old way you used to. You don't go physically beat people up and shooting people up and doing all that stuff. But no, no, no. You must violently, diligently pursue what's accessible to you. Fasting, praying, reading the word and taking taking on the identity of Jesus Christ. Remember Paul the Apostle, he said, I will apprehend him who has apprehended me. And the way he did it was he did not go back to the ways of the swords and the weapons that he knew as a great Roman soldier, though he had killed many people, even Christians. But what he did do is said, I thank my God that I have prayed more than you all. I have labored in the things of faith more than you all. And I have spoken the Holy Ghost more than you all. Therefore, I have received an abundance of revelation and abundance of power and I'm here now declaring the goodness of God the man was stoned you couldn't keep him down the man was beaten you couldn't stop him he suffered sickness you couldn't hold him back I tell you what spirit soul and body Paul was tested but you didn't find him like these newbie Christians in today's world and I don't mean newbie by age We got Christians with years on them, and they're the whiniest crybabies in the world. Uh-oh, I better dance again. <laughs> and then we got new Christians, and they don't know a better example. So they're whiny and crybaby too. You want to know why? Because they ain't got fathers and leaders to teach the younger what the... Yeah. I'm going to get up out of that. Pastor, I'm sorry. You clean this up when you come back. <laughs> I'm leaving that right there. Because I'm not saying anybody in here is crybaby and whiny. I'm just talking about the church in general. Hallelujah. I had to find a way out of that one quick. <laughs> Look what it says in Mark. Mark chapter 10. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Because it says this. Things were getting a little hard. Things were getting a little hectic. There's a little adversity around Jesus and the disciples. And in Mark 10, verse 28, Peter said, he began to say unto him, Lo, Jesus, we have left all and have followed thee. 
Jesus didn't pat him on the back and say, yes, you did. But he did say this. Jesus answered and said, surely or verily, I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last and the last first. Don't get concerned when people get something a little ahead of you. Wait your turn. Great is coming your way. Amen. And don't be concerned when persecutions come. My goodness, look what your Savior went to. He even told his disciples, you guys can't be different than the master. If I was persecuted, they were persecuted. Remember at one time, the people came up and said, what's wrong with your disciples? They don't fast. And the Lord said, when the bridegroom's here and we're having a great day, why would they fast? But then he said, the day will come. Well, they will fast. The day's here where we should be fasting, praying, reading, pursuing, and going after what belongs to us. Listen, there's only one person standing between you and destiny. And it ain't the devil. And it ain't God. Get the mirror out. Take a good long look. Because if you don't get what he wants to reward you with, it ain't nobody's fault but yours. The blood's been given. The Holy Ghost will fill you. The authority of God is all around you. And remember, Jesus didn't get it easy either. Matthew 17, 5 says this. Behold, a voice out of the cloud. In other words, a voice from heaven, God, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. You know, God did not wait till Jesus had preached all over the world. He did not wait till he had fulfilled his destiny. He did not wait till he went to the cross. He said that in the very beginning of who Jesus was. Listen, God's not waiting, David, till you die to say how great you were. The day you got saved, he said, this is my beloved son, watch him shine, watch him do what I've called him to do. And God is sitting here saying to each one of you, you don't have to wait till you die to leave a legacy. We ought to be in the middle of writing one right now. The Lord didn't wait till Jesus had done it all. In fact, he was just getting baptized, just rising up. And God said, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Every one of you right now, God has already commanded over your life that he loves you. He's well pleased with you. His thoughts towards you are good. Not one evil thought. He's wrapped you in his thoughts. He's wrapped you in the power of the word. He's wrapped you in destiny. Now be diligent and let him reward you. Who say amen. amen. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want us to understand the seriousness of the opportunity that is right here before us. I said earlier, Proverbs 24.10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Listen, 
battles are going to come. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. He's going to come after you, period. But that's why God says, I set before you now life and death. Choose. Get prepared now. He told Joshua, meditate on the word. Grow yourself up. Strengthen yourself. Get ready because the battle is coming. He didn't tell him just once, but he told him three times in nine scripture verses. If you read Joshua 1, 1 through 9, three times he said, be strong and courageous. Only be thou strong and very courageous. In other words, we are going to see things that scare us. We're going to see things that we didn't count on. Unfortunately, we're going to hear of someone dying early. Unfortunately, we're going to hear of someone being abused, raped, molested, hurt, broken. We're going to hear of some things in our life that are going to challenge our faith. Listen, I lost a brother at 34. And I lost a mother that believed God for me to be a pastor and never got to come to the church I'm pastoring now. To see me, but do you think that's going to cause me to quit and stop? No. I got to go where she is. And she's getting a glimpse at what we do. And we cannot celebrate death more than we celebrate life. And it's time for us all to take a new resolve about what it takes to live this life. It's time for us to be respectful towards God. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to fight our battles with the fight and let our praise bring us through everything negative and stand strong. Just like it says in Psalms 23, they though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because my God is with me and I might even sit down and have me a big meal right in the midst of my enemies and I won't even be touched while I'm having my steak and potatoes hold on giant I'll whip you in a minute I just want to finish my meal with my baby because she's looking pretty good <laughs> no she's looking very good okay I'm almost finished here I just want to take you to Mark chapter 5 and I just want to share some scriptures with you and I really want these to resonate in your heart he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's not always going to be good times when you need him the most. But that's what he's made for. One of the scriptures in the Bible says God is a buckler. That means a movable shield that they used to be able to get under. Covered their back and their front. And they could move. Arrows could come and couldn't hit them. They could move with that buckler over them. The Lord says he'll be your buckler. He's your front guard and your rear guard. Give the Lord a hand clap. Here we go. Here we go. In the book of Mark chapter 5, I'm going to begin to read in 36, but in verse 21, Jairus, a great man and a ruler of a synagogue, came to Jesus and he said, my daughter is at the point of death. Would you come? I know if you come and lay your hands on her, she will be healed. And of course, the woman with the issue of blood was in between that story. But in verse 36, it says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. Oh, let's read in verse uh, 34. He said unto her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. 
Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. That's what he said to the woman with the issue of blood. And then he was going with Jairus towards the house. And it says this, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Thy trouble, why troublest thou the master any further? Have you ever noticed that oftentimes when you have a great shout on one day, the very next day or within the hour, it seems like something hits you heavy the other way. When the devil sees you prosper, he's going to try to come. Be ready. In Nehemiah, they had a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. They were building and prosperous, but they had to keep their back protected. Okay, here we go. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him. You know, another, another version of this says, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And the Lord strengthened him. Don't be afraid. God will strengthen you. He said, follow him. He let no man follow him, save Peter and James, because they had like precious faith. And John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but the ruler had been faithful. He'd been diligent. He didn't even back up when the bad report came. He stuck with Jesus. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother and the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, I don't know how to pronounce that, but I'm going to say what it means, which being interpreted, interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, foundation, life. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. I want you to know something. How many times has something that looked dead could have been resurrected for us if we had only believed and stayed the course? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him because it takes diligence to weather the storms that can come against us. Now I'm going to turn this service back over to Miss Nicole. And they're going to read, they're going to sing this song. And I want you to think about in the coming years how even when it gets dark, even when you don't understand it all, will you be the one that Jesus can look at and say, only believe and we'll get through this because he is a reward.